This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie. Miranda. Samantha. Charlotte. Cosmos. Cheese. So many. Every little day. Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help But, but Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Oh, sexy, sexy. Hello, Jamie Lee. Hello. How are you? Good. What's going on? Who were you this week, if I, if I might ask? Um, who was I this week? I guess I was uh, a little bit Charlotte. Wait, Charlotte doesn't have her dog yet, does she? I know she had a dog that she gave up. Oh, she did have a dog that she gave up. That's true. Um, well, I guess I'm Charlotte when she eventually, spoiler, does get a dog. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, uh, Skylar Hanrath literally <laughs> drove cross country. What? Skylar? Yeah, with his wonderful girlfriend, Kristen. And, um, yeah, they did a cross country trip, saw all the sights, and also brought me my dogs. Wow. Wait, Skylar, <laughs> how did City. you do that? Because you, every time we record, you're in your same room. Yes, that was why. How long did it take you? That was why he needed to record our last episode like at a certain time is because oh. he was about to schlep cross country. I love this story. Are you happy yeah. to see your babies? It's incredible. Um, yeah, first day was really, really hard because obviously like there's a lot of hustle and bustle in the city and Sheffield came from not knowing what that looks like, you know, really just sitting around the house, mostly in Los Angeles um, in the pandemic. And not really interacting with a lot of other dogs. And this is just like tons of dogs, tons of people. Like he kind of just lost his mind the first day. But every. All right. Yep. He's letting you know. He's like, that's true. I did. It sounded like this. Um, Yeah. Guys, we're recording. Okay. (laughs) They know they're being talked about. Okay. So I guess your news, we can really hear the news. So my, Yeah, I mean, honestly, proof is in the pudding. I don't know why this is happening right now, because they've been really good all day. And then the second I'm talking about how things have improved, they regress. But anyways. All of a sudden, okay. Jamie starts, like, beating the shit out of them. It's, like, really disturbing. There's a big section that's just, like, I don't even, I just cut out just the audio, but I leave how long it was. It's, like, blood-curling streams. Yeah. 
anyway, aside from lots of loud barking, it's been really fun, and they're definitely getting more used to, like, people on the street. We went to the dog park two days in a row, and it was really cute. Happy to be reunited with them? I am. Yeah, I really am. It's, uh, it changes, it changes everything. It's like, yeah, it just, it's so nice, like, having them when I wake up in the morning, and I think it also adds to routine, like, just being like, okay, take the dogs out, get some work done, take the dogs out, get some work done. Like, I think it's kind of made things feel a little more like on schedule. Whereas before I was kind of just like, also having some breaks. My pants. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Who are you this week? I think I'm a classic Carrie. Okay. Because I just feel like, you know, it was a really rough year. And now that I'm sort of like back at my place and back in my life, I'm being very social safely. I take Good. a walk every day with a friend or they'll come to my roof and, I'm going on dates. I'm seeing friends. I feel very connected. And I feel like Carrie is very connected. She has really close friends. She's always dating. She's, you know, I think she's very integrated socially. And I feel that way. So that's nice. That's really great. Mm -hmm. That's a good feeling. It is. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Um. Okay, well, do you want to kick this baby off? I would love to do that. Okay, so today we are doing season six, episode 11, The Domino Effect. Rose, take us into it. Thank you. The episode begins with Carrie heading to dinner. Big's in town, so they catch up over steak, where he reveals what he's doing there. Getting heart surgery. Carrie does not take the news well. She instantly starts sobbing. Miranda, meanwhile, gets home and Robert is already at her apartment making them both dinner. Miranda is impressed and she wants to repay him. Robert knows just how she can do that. He wants her to take the next day off from work so they can spend it together in bed. Miranda is not so sure about that. She's never taken a personal day off work in her life, but she does it. She and Robert have a great time until Steve walks in on them. He is so shocked that he accidentally smashes his poor little Steve face into a wall, which Robert then helps treat with a tampon up his nose. That's amazing. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) 
So that pretty much solves the problem of how Robert and Steve are going to meet. I guess I can check that off my list of things to do. <laughs> That's horrifying. I will continue to be horrified by that story all day long. And poor Steve. He was in such a vulnerable position with the sex and the bloody nose and the doctor boyfriend. Well, you won. <laughs> it's not a competition. You're right. She's being fucked by a hot black doctor and Steve had a tampon up his nose. No contest. Okay, I hate to admit this, but there is a part of me that took some pleasure in the whole thing. Is that terrible? Well, no, it's not as though you planned it that way. Did you? No! I'm crazy about Robert. So why do I even care what Steve thinks? Because you've been through a lot with him. Some people just get under your skin and stay there. When I saw Big the other night... Big is in town? Yeah, he's here for a little heart thing. What, is he on the wait list to get one? No. Ooh. And you're going to feel incredibly bad in a minute. He's here because he's having heart surgery. Okay, I'm officially a monster. Please continue. No, it's okay. It's actually a fairly routine procedure. They found a blockage. Hey. I'm sorry. This is exactly what happened the other night when he told me. I know, I know he's going to be fine, but... What is going on with me? It's a great scene. So good. Her, she's a really good actress. Actually. I was just gonna say that. It, she is so good. It like, feels so real. She, it really does. And the way she's kind of like up and like, you know, whatever, bipping and bopping with the girls. And then like the second she says the word blockage, she just loses it. It's like, oh, it's so seamless. It's really great. It's so how it feels when you're like telling yourself that something's okay and you're yes. like, it's just a little heart thing. And you're like, you know, with it, whether it's with one other person or a group, and then all of a sudden it's like that feeling of like, I really, it's like when you tell yourself, I really don't want to cry. It's like, it happens yes. like 10 times harder. Like Exactly. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's so like, obviously I'm like, everyone on this pod is like extremely team Steve, but there is something ex just so satisfying for anyone who's ever had a single breakup, the, to imagine that your ex that you broke up with catches you with like the world's hottest, richest, most successful doctor. Not only do they have, do they see you have sex, but then your new doctor boyfriend fixes them. It's like I Steve mean, doesn't deserve it. I love him, but like I would love for some ex of mine that was shitty to have to deal with something <laughs> like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's also like. It's interesting because without giving away what ends up happening, I think everyone who listens to this has definitely seen the show before. But it is interesting how, like, you know, Steve kind of looks like the least attractive he has ever, ever looked <laughs> to Miranda in this moment. And, like, he looks just like a little shrimp with a bloody nose. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, he is under her skin, even though he is not the hot, rich doctor. She's totally. still, like, thinking about Steve. Have you ever had a thing where, like, you had an ex and not necessarily that they saw you with another person, but have you ever bumped into an ex when you were just, like, totally on top, whether it was, like, wearing a fabulous outfit or just coming out of a show that you crushed or something where you were just like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, one time I was out at a bar with a very, very hot man and I saw someone I used to hook up with and they definitely did a little, like, huh. 
Like, wow, like what an upgrade. They had to give it up. Yeah. <laughs> they just do a slow clap at you. It was just a true, like a game recognized game moment. <laughs> it, they just slip you a post that says I would have done the same. I mean, yeah, like, it honestly, was definitely. Honestly, it, yeah, I was, understand the breakup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it, it was satisfying. It, yeah. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't really feelings of like, look what I did. It was more just like a funny coincidence to watch. Really, they were very physical in their face. Like you could see in their eyes that they were Pull like, the blood oh, wow, out. he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's what? Like it's a really classically fun. hot person. Yeah, I feel like it's really fun if you happen to be out with an extremely hot person, which is like super not important, but like. If you do get that experience, I it's it's fun to maximize. I do recommend it. it. Yeah, I actually do. If you ever get a chance to try, we highly recommend it. It's not the marrying type, but like the thing that's nice about going out with a really hot guy, if you have the chance, is like go to a place where you know that you're gonna meet people that you see all the time like go to your local bagel place go to your cheers bar just make sure people see you because it is just, exciting yeah just parade him around to all of your local hot spots just to make sure the whole community gets to see what you've done yeah before covid i took all my dates like anytime i went to dates i would either go to cafe figura just because it was fun people watching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or i would go to cafe stella or just bars like that and you know Los Angeles is massive, but the east side, the neighborhood I am in, is quite small. So it's like, if you go on a date with somebody in a local bar, you will for sure see people. Definitely. It's kind of a nice little, oh, this old thing? Yes. and Something I picked up online? There's also something nice. I don't know what it is, but there's something alluring about, like, when you're on a date and you run into someone you know, and then they get, like, then the person you're on a date with gets to, like, see that side of you, of, like, you talking to some like they get to see a window into who you are not with them like a little sneak preview of like how delightful you are in social situations yes i have never been with a guy and bumped into an ex but i do remember ages ago when i did stand up in new york there there was a small window where i was performing a lot and i remember i was like on a first or second date with a guy and just someone just came right up to me and they were like you are so funny <gasps> blah, blah, blah. and i was like it felt like i planted oh them oh my god <laughs> it was just that like, is like dream scenario and it was like oh really thank you oh <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to talk right now <laughs> I, but i'm tied up with this hot person yeah that and, and then we walk away and i'm just kind of like you snapped at him and you're like can't you see him in the middle of something right now <laughs> oh my god um, and then, yeah, the big of it all, it's, it's intense. I mean, I totally understand why Carrie's so emotional because it's like, I don't have a big figure in my life, thank God. But I think the closest I can think of like this, cause when I, when I'm out of a relationship, especially if it's not like the best one, I'm pretty much like done, but I have friendships that I'm no longer really friends with people. But if I found out that anything had happened to them, I would be like really upset. Yeah, that's, that's my closest yeah. thing that I can relate to this because most of my exes, I mean, of course, I would want any of them to be hurt. But if they were, I don't think I would be this as emotional as she is. Yeah, I don't I think that the the big figure is actually I mean, I don't know. I'd be curious, listeners, if you have strong feelings about this. But I think that at least in my experience, which is all I can really speak to, I don't have a big I don't have someone who's like always been the one like lurking in the background as life goes by but it should you know but eventually you know at some point maybe everything will align like that that type I have not 
even like before being married, I was like, I never had. But that's really toxic. So that's good. Someone who lingered like that. Exactly. But I mean, I feel like it's maybe the least relatable part of the show for me. I don't think most people have had that, frankly. I don't think that's a very common experience. I also think that if anybody has anything, typically in like a more healthy dynamic, if a person has another person in their life like that, they are with them. But Carrie and Big aren't together. Yes, like that's exactly. the whole thing with them. No, exactly. 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 Yeah. I think it's just this like man who's kind of like in and out of her life, mm-hmm. in and out of her vagina. Yeah. Sorry, I had to say that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that is not really a yeah, he's not. I wouldn't say that's a common figure that people come across in their life. Uh, agree. Um, okay, well, going back into the ep, just as Carrie's pulling herself together again, Bitsy Von Muffling stops by. None of the core four have seen her since she married Bobby Fine, and things have changed. Bitsy's pregnant, and it's all thanks to Dr. Mao. Bitsy cannot stop singing his praises. The man could get any woman pregnant. Charlotte takes note and sets an appointment. When she gets there, Charlotte finds a completely packed waiting room. Word is apparently out about Dr. Mao. Charlotte heads in for her treatment, which includes herbs and acupuncture, but she can't get herself to fully focus. Yeah, Dr. Mao was like, you need to find your center. And she ended up standing up with a bunch of pins in her face and complaining to him, saying, Dr. Mao, I can't find my, fo- my center. Poor little girl. And Carrie catches up with Big after surgery. He scares her by pretending to be in rough shape at first. LOL, not funny. But he's basically fine. I hate that joke. Um, Me too. Please nobody pay a joke like that where I'm like, I'm in the hospital visiting you. Yeah. And you're like, I might be dead. Um, Psych. (laughs) I know. In general, pranks keep them away from me. Yes. Um, That doesn't keep Carrie from breaking down again. One of Big's nurses tries to help her by assuring Carrie her husband is going to be okay. And that fucking does it. Carrie pulls herself right together to clarify that they are not married. Over at Samantha's, she and Smith have some very involved sex. He is just back from shooting his Gus Van Sant movie in Mexico, and she'd really boned up on technique while he was away. Afterwards, they head to lunch. Unfortunately, Smith kind of ruins the mood for Samantha by trying to hold her hand. (laughs) What an asshole. I know. It is just too intimate for her, and she ends up falling down a manhole cover and breaking a toe trying to get away. That's such a funny image. It's such a funny scene. But, you know, as kooky and wild as it is, I actually think that... That kind of stuff does happen. Like when you're really anxious and you're like triggered, that's when people do like fall into a manhole. Like it seems like a joke, but I feel like there's probably plenty of women and avoidant men and women who've like walked into a parked car and done shit like that when they're like, you know. Yes. I also got so, I mean, again, I keep saying this almost every episode recently, but first time I saw this episode, I got so horrified before seeing that she landed in a bunch of lettuce. I was like. Did they just like for a moment? I was off. like, she's going to be really fucked up. From <laughs> she's that. like paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah, I was well, like, that's not that funny. Is... Oh, no. I'm canceled. I just canceled myself. No, I had the same thought. I was like, oh my god, like, th- like, because that is, I think, a lot of people in New York fear falling into one of those things because they're always open and they're so dangerous and they're so steep. And yeah, it just happened to be that a bed of lettuce caught her and saved her life. Yes. <laughs> 
salad saved her life. She like donates one million dollars to like the Salad Corporation <laughs> yeah. of America. Yes. Not <laughs> enough credit given to that lettuce. I just had an idea that I'd share that we can include or not in the recording, but we have. I have to say it before I forget, we should do a kind of contest with our listeners of having people write in how they are going to explain Samantha's death, like a one pager. Oh, of like a script. That is so fun. And then we can like read the top three or something. Oh my God. I love that. Okay, cool. Yes. So please, please. That's so funny. But anyway, so Samantha breaks the Smith handholding news on a walk with Carrie later. Carrie doesn't see the problem. Smith likes Samantha. Samantha likes Smith. Maybe they should just, I don't know, be together. Samantha isn't sure. Carrie also mentions crying again after big surgery, but she knows she and Big can't work, so what's up with all the emotions? But just because she and Big may not be good together, it doesn't mean that Carrie doesn't want to keep seeing him while he's in town. She tries calling the hospital, but apparently he has already checked out. Carrie tracks him down at the Four Seasons, so she heads there in a candy striper outfit. They can't sleep together while he recovers, but they can play dominoes together on the floor. And Miranda, meanwhile, finally meets Debbie, Steve's girlfriend. Also, um, Sky, before you cue the next clip, I just have to say, I thought Carrie looked so fucking cute in that outfit. I just need to put that on the record. It was very cute. It was a little confusing to me just as because it's kind of framed as like, like sort of a kinky role play thing. I was like, I've never really heard. It looks like a hot Halloween costume. Yeah. Yeah. But I just have never really heard of the hot candy striper fantasy. It was kind of <laughs> wake up and smell the candy sky. I, I'm so sorry. I gotta. I should know more about hot candy stripers. Hey. Hi, Miranda. <laughs> Hello. It's nice. Oh, 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 oh my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. I, I'm, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. It's, it's nice to meet okay. you. I'm Miranda. Miranda. Oh. This is my girlfriend, Daddy. You sure you're okay? You really came down hard there. Um, I'm. I'm fine, really. <laughs> Thank you. Hey there, Brady Lister. Hi. Oh, good. Hey. You're back. Mm-hmm. Wow. Robert, this is Debbie. And uh, you remember Steve. Yeah. Yeah. You sure you're all right, babe? Because I saw you uh, go flying there. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm so fine. embarrassing. It was nothing. <laughs> Robert is just overprotective because he's a doctor. Oh. For the Knicks. Nice. Get out. Did you hear that? Steve's overprotective because he's a doctor. What a cool job. For the Knicks. That's like crazy cool. Yeah. Debbie works for MasterCard, corporate headquarters. Really? I have a MasterCard. You know, Steve (laughs) won't even let me talk on the phone when there's a Knicks game on, even if I'm in the other room. I didn't know you were a Knicks man. I follow all the New York teams. He lives for the Knicks. One time he took me to a game and our seats were so high up. What do they call that section? The nosebleed oh, section. Debbie, oh stop. stop, Debbie. seats if you're ever interested. That's okay. I like my seats. Take the seats. I don't need it, seats. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed oh. with Debbie. Just, like, completely, oh completely God. bailing Steve out and just making him sound so... I love that- Debbie. She's just, like, so... She's so genuine. She's just, like... There's know, no she's, front. She's just like, what you see is what you get. Like, where's it all on her sleeve? Like, yeah. She's, genuine, she's a, absolutely. A but also oblivious. Like, like yeah. to say in front of your, like, boyfriend's ex and her really thing, like, he loves him. He's obsessed. We got the know. worst seats. I know. Yeah, she's, also, I know. she's like, 
She's like, Steve gets the best deals on seats. They're shitty as hell. <laughs> like yeah. She's like framing it as if like also, the crappy seats but are... But she clearly doesn't have the information yeah. about their history. That I, mm-hmm. I didn't take it as she's oblivious. I took it as like she really doesn't know that like... They Steve's have, still in love with Miranda. Yeah, and that they have a connection and it's not just like, oh, he knocked me up one time and we've been dating other people ever since. It's like, no, they were really in love. But so. if, even if you don't know that, just general understanding of men and like... Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's just a bit much, Deb. You're I mean, right. she's hilarious. I think you're right. I don't think there's a malicious bone in her body. She's just talking about the thing. It's just like... I know. It's like, I know. Debbie, your boyfriend makes much less money and is way less hot than this guy. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do like that both Steve and Miranda, who are totally cute, but like normal looking humans, upgraded to like violent, all capital hotties. Yeah. Like yeah. Debbie yeah. and the doctor are like much more on the level in terms of like superficial stuff that doesn't matter. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the casting was very good. And especially when you see the four of them together. Like you really, really, you really, really see it. You can really get a visual. I mean, when he, first of all, when he's like, are you okay? She's like, oh, I'm fine. It's like my actual worst nightmare is to fall in front of my ex and then have my current boyfriend be like, I saw your fall. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Falling in front of people. It's, oh, it's the worst. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's take us back in. Okay. So. Oh, I just have to also say, like, I, massive props for Miranda for just, like, as quickly as possible into the conversation saying, my boyfriend is a, uh, what is it, a doctor for the A, a doctor Knicks? for the Knicks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, if it were me, before I even said hi to people, I would say my boyfriend is a doctor of the Knicks. Hi, how are you? <laughs> like, that would be the first thing to come out of my mouth at all times, so. Good one. 100%. It's also, it's so sweet how Debbie, like, I, I, I like how she kind of, I don't know. Yeah, the doctor part, I don't think she would care about that. I don't think she's like... Debbie's a sweetie. Yeah, she's not trying to win. She's just like, oh, that's cool. Wow, he lo- my boyfriend loves the Knicks. That like means a lot to him, that it's the team that he likes. Oh, Jamie, I love that. She's not trying to win. You're, that's a nice way to put it. That's a nice kind of person to be around. Yeah, it's also, like, oh, yeah very sweet. It's also fun to see Miranda kind of be in awe of her partner for once, because like normally she's either on the same level with people or a little indifferent to their accomplishments. And right. But Robert is like doctor for the Knicks is a big job. And like they are really on each other's level, but she's also impressed by it, which is cool. Actually, you bring up something interesting because I feel like when the four of them meet up, it's kind of like these are the people that they should be with. Yes. A doctor who makes a ton of money, who's really impressive and like a cute, easygoing Jersey girl. This is like the actual like, come on, this didn't work. We were too complicated. This is what I should be with, which is really yeah. romantic. That's because it's like point. totally it's like, yeah, on paper, that's the better match. But they're yes. in love with each other, which is really cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So back at Dr. Mao's, Charlotte has another session. Unfortunately, yet again, she cannot relax. The second he steps out of the room, a protest starts outside, so her concentration is shot. Dr. Mao tries to get her to calm down, but he can't do anything about the city's noise. Samantha and Smith, meanwhile, take another walk. Of course, he tries to hold her hand again, even though he almost killed her the first time. So Samantha finally says something. She's not that kind of girl. Smith, however, notes that they do like each other. So what is the big goddamn deal? Samantha reluctantly gives in and holds his hand. 
I like the idea of like, I'm not that kind of girl. Like people usually say that when someone's trying to like have anal sex with them, but she's yes. like, I'm not the kind of girl that just casually holds a hand in public like some whore. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's such a fun, like on game little twist for Samantha since like she is. is like so openly horny, but like you can't, yes. she can't be vulnerable or intimate in that way. She's like, right. <laughs> which is great. Right. She's like, I'm not some hand holding floozy. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good point. It's like being sexual is like, there's nothing embarrassing or vulnerable no. about that, but being, but being like, intimate and vulnerable is yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Gross. Really interesting. Um, Carrie and Big get going on their dominoes at the Four Seasons. As she arranges them, he sits and gets sentimental. He even says he might be looking at their future, board games and no sex. But Carrie quickly shuts that down. Big doesn't look great. He's feverish, so she calls the hospital. They tell her to just keep an eye on him, so she and Big continue their talk in bed. Big isn't sure what they're doing, and frankly, neither is Carrie. Steve drops off Brady with Miranda. They start talking about running into each other at the park when things get tense. Steve wants to tell Miranda how he feels, but they get interrupted when Robert shows up. Steve takes off, leaving what he wanted to say unsaid. Later, Charlotte has one more run-in with Bitsy, who immediately wants to talk Dr. Mao. Charlotte, however, finally manages to tune out some New York noise and basically checks out of Bitsy's monologue. The episode closes back with Carrie and Big in bed. Hey, how long have you been up? Just a few minutes. How are you feeling? Better. I feel like myself again. Say. I'm fine. Fine. Excuse me. Oh. It was a shift imperceptible to anyone but me. But I knew Big's heart had closed again. Maybe it would reopen in another five years, maybe it wouldn't. But I knew myself well enough to know that that's not enough. Hey, I'm gonna order breakfast, what do you want? Oh, just get me some cornflakes and juice, thanks. For the first time all week, I didn't feel like crying. Life's too short. Can I ask, um, mm -hmm. I saw this episode a couple of weeks ago. I watched a bunch of them in a row. And can, if you guys saw it more recently, mm -hmm. can you illuminate this? Was there a moment, if I remember correctly, where she's with him and it almost feels like, OK, maybe we can really do this. And they have some kind of conversation. Yeah. But then he says something that kind of brings them out and makes him and makes her go, oh, he's still avoidant. He's still not. What is it that he says that kind of reminds her like, oh, this is fruitless. And like, why do it's I keep doing this? It's just in the morning. It's the, yes, this right? moment that yeah, we just it's, listened to. It's just to. this moment. He's really sweet the night before. Yeah. They're very like intimate and like kind of getting into sort of exploring the possibility of who knows of what like, future they have yeah. um, the night before when he's sick and feeling vulnerable. And then he wakes up the next day and like feels just himself again. Short and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is a little small to hang all of that plot on like the moment actually of him going to the restroom and her being like, well, he, he hates me again or basically. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, what do little... you guys, I, yeah, I think, I think that there's a couple things here. Cause it's like the whole, the whole like double meaning of your heart being like the organ, your heart, and then your heart, like your yeah. emotional core. And it's this thing that, 
Big's heart closed in that it's healing physically, but then also his emotional openness has also closed. Did you guys gauge this as like the reason is because he like was embarrassed that he was vulnerable the night before? Like he's kind of like trying to act macho or is there something I'm not missing? I mean, is there something I'm missing? I think that's a perfectly valid read on that. I, I think my gut about him is just that his, I think it's tied together. I think he's uncomfortable being vulnerable, period, in any way. Doesn't have to be because he's sick. But I think being sick certainly brings it out. I think I think he is comfortable being on top, being in charge, being controlled, being rich, wearing a nice suit, choosing the restaurant and kind of keeping people at arm's length. And the other night when you're sick, I mean, like when I was sick, there is no keeping anyone at arm's length. You you completely need someone to take care of you. Yeah. And. And I I think he's not able to do that physically or emotionally. And so I think he just is like, yeah, that's not something I'm comfortable with or that I like, you know? Yeah. I also think that this episode's interesting because it's at at least on Carrie's arc in the episode, because it's it's supposed to be a little bit of a crossroads episode for her, but Mm -hmm. it's not that for big. Like, which I think is sort of an interesting contrast. Like big is he has these moments where he's emotional and vulnerable and like providing her the thing that she never really got from him when they were together and like what she wanted, which was him being vulnerable and like available. And as soon as that wall goes back up uh, and it's it's all I don't know if it's him totally affecting being macho or him just like returning back to baseline, which baseline is what breaks them. She knows that it's not really a functional uh, option. Which is kind of it's it's an interesting dynamic for Carrie. I think for Big, this wasn't as big an event uh, as it was for her. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think it's interesting that like no matter what relationship she's in or out of, it's in Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Uh, the person that brings you into the meeting, like the relationship you had that made you think, "Fuck, I need help." Mm-hmm. It's called your qualifier. It's like Ooh. the person that like qualified you to like be in the group. And like big is definitely Carrie's qualifier. Like, oh yeah, big like time. it's very toxic. She can't get out of it. It feels like she's really trapped. And and I feel empathetic and not. It's so easy to judge people. Like, why would you keep doing this? And you know, you can see your friends doing stuff. Why do you do this? It's really hard. People have their shit. It's just so much easier to sit on top from above and go. Why would you keep doing this? We can all see clearly X Y Z, but. It can be really hard to make big relationship changes that are scary, I think. And um, I think letting go of him is really scary for her. Could I ask? Yeah. Did, did you all like the device of the dominoes? Oh, no, you mean I, like it's all falling no. apart? Yeah. Well, it's also like I thought it, I thought it was very like clunky. And I, that was one of those things where I feel like we've been there's been like a sort of regular critique of how written these episodes have felt a little bit. You mean like the trapeze I need to learn how to let go. Exactly. This one was like a little too, a little too literal. Yeah. They want to have their like (laughs) cutesy metaphors. The dam broke and it drowned the whole town. Also, I can't keep my feelings in anymore. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel like there's a pattern happening um, in these past few episodes. Yeah. I didn't mind the dominoes. I didn't mind the dominoes. It is corny. It's kind of after school special to be like the relationship's not going to work. And then like you step on the dominoes or something. Yeah. And also like 
big is like critiquing her putting the dominoes together while he sits by himself and like it's like sentimental carrie's putting it it's like so literally carrie's putting in all the work in the relationship and still it's broken like it's like it's it's one of those things that like almost like i feel like i i will occasionally read things like if you're reading fiction or whatnot that's like this works very nicely on the page but to see it like literalized it's actually really heavy-handed not well i guess the justification could be that she's always making fun of big for being old and being an old man and there is something kind of like oh yeah of course like that's the game that he has on hand is dominoes it's just very oh no but she brings the dominoes oh she brought them yeah she brought oh, two. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Never mind. Well, I actually, I have to say, the trapeze thing I thought was really corny, but I did not pick up on that metaphor being too too heavy-handed, but I can totally... You're a big reader. You're you're very literate, and I could see how that would be... That would stand out to you. I didn't notice it as, like, jarring or, like, annoying to me. I, yeah, I feel... I've just noticed it a couple times recently, but it's it's interesting to... To talk about because they do it sometimes they don't they don't always lean into the uh visualizing their themes like that but sometimes they do yeah okay so should we do the question of the app yeah let's do the question of the episode if new york city's signature fruit is the apple then its signature sound is the ambulance siren it seems like all day every day people are getting hurt and the whole city has to hear about it But what about the injuries that don't get a siren? Whether you're falling into a hole in the street or possibly falling back in love. Just how dangerous is an open heart? So basically, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like the person who's the most stressed about that stuff is Samantha much more than Carrie, actually. Yeah, I would say so. It's a more obvious example. Yeah. Yeah, because Samantha seems pretty scared. This was the first episode where she always seems like she doesn't want to be in a relationship and it sounds boring to her and she was always making fun of it. But for me, this might be one of the... Oh, no. With Richard, too, it came up. But when she really likes someone, you just really start seeing Samantha's fear. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah, she is. You really... Yeah, you really start to see that a lot of her... Um... Yeah, she definitely like keeps up a facade to some degree. And it's interesting because I would say she's one of the most genuine characters or the most authentic and like in touch with herself. But you you see these moments where you're like, oh, no, she's like she's like a scared little girl. Yeah, I mean, as far as like having an open heart, the truth is that like loving people. Is risky, I mean, even family, it's like anyone you love because we're all humans is eventually going to get sick and die like your favorite people, including yourself. And, you know, there's just no guarantees with love, like whether it's familial or your kids or your lovers or your partners, it's just, you know, um, loving someone is a guarantee of pain at some point. You know what I mean? Sure. So it is a big risk, but I would say most people would say that the risk is totally worth it. I mean, I would say so. I mean, you can't even really live without it. No. I, I think, yeah, how dangerous is an open heart? I mean, it's it is the most dangerous, but also the alternative is not like worth even life. living. Yeah, exactly. Living your life as fully as you could or to like your biggest emotional potential, which, yeah, I would say it's high risk, high reward. Yeah. And I think that like the like as we've been t- discussing, the alternative is sounds so lonely. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, also, also exhausting. You'd have to really work hard to be like, I don't feel that way. It's almost like going to conversion camp or something. It's like, seriously, it's like, I don't understand how you're supposed to just like ignore your feelings and suppress them. Yeah, exactly. To that, Were you going to yeah. say something, Sky? I was just going to say to that point, um, the earlier point about Samantha being the one to whom this uh, question seems a little more applicable. Um, when she's having sex with Smith again for the first time, it's another instance of uh, for the first time since he went uh, to shoot his movie. It is another good instance of like the way that Samantha chooses to be in a relationship rather than like the way that she's interested in being intimate. Cause like she's comfortable, like reading the horny let's do like really deep clit stimulation book stuff with Smith. Yeah. But like, again, when the handholding stuff comes into the equation, then that's like way too open. That's, that is the thing that's too scary. I think it's also like, there's an element of like behind closed doors with them. Like everything is just very mm-hmm. safe. It's like on her terms, it's usually at her apartment and you know, sex, she's good at sex. She loves sex. It's all just very safe in her eyes. But the second she takes the relationship for a spin out in public, that's when I think it gets scary for her because totally. then it's like, Oh, this doesn't just exist in the bedroom. And that's like, that is the most vulnerable for totally. Samantha. Um, okay, so let's go on to the next segment. I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for? Um, I have two because I've just, you know, been watching a ton of TV and I'm majorly horny for Bridgerton. I don't know if anyone has oh seen that. Oh my god, I haven't yet, but I want to. It's excellent. If you if you like Sex and the City, which obviously you do, definitely give this a chance. The first okay. couple of episodes I was kind of annoyed because I was like this feels like paint by numbers Jane Austen ripoff corset ripper. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. as it goes on, it gets like really juicy. The the sex and romance scenes are hot hot hot. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and it's really fun. It's a great rom-com. Um, really seems like a fun thing to like, the type of thing to write. Um, so definitely Bridgerton is like a great watch. And then I also just binged as quickly as possible um, The Bling Empire, which is about like billionaire Asians in L.A. It's a reality mm-hmm. show. Oh, I started that. I saw an episode. Yeah, I loved it. And... I have to say, like, I feel like I'm a reality show connoisseur at this point. I just watch so much of it. And I feel like I don't know if it's reality shows are changing or Netflix just makes great reality shows, but I feel like they're getting sweeter and sweeter, which I really like. And like some of these people are actually like the sons and daughters of billionaires. Like they have so much money. It's crazy. But a lot of them are like really good friends to each other and really sweet. And, you know, if you keep watching and get to the end, it's like these people that like, you know, sometimes they act kind of superficial and catty almost like they're trying to like live up to this like brand or something but they're dealing with really emotional stuff and um yeah i i i'm surprised it's like definitely fun to watch for like the shopping and the diamonds and the clothes and then this but they're actually like really good friends to each other it's a lot i don't really like watching people just be shitty and mean to each other and they're not so i think it's like I don't know if it's like reality shows 2.0, but I feel like there's this new strain of like compassion and like gentleness and like friendship and connection. Yeah, something's something shifting. 
which I much prefer. I mean, I don't, I've never watched The Real Housewives. I don't want to see people scream at each other and fight. That's not fun for me. Right. I think also just given sort of the state of the world, people really are craving positivity. Um, So yeah, it makes, it makes sense to me. What are you horny for, James? So I am horny for, I've been very into YouTube makeup tutorials because oh, awesome. I realized I've gone my entire life really not knowing how to put on makeup and just kind of like winging it, it. and yeah and just kind of like I just never really cared and I didn't want to care and I kind of thought like caring was like letting the patriarchy win then I was like you know what if you kind of approach it from a standpoint of like you're painting your face and it's like almost like an artistic pursuit I was like this actually can be fun totally so I I got this makeup that is so excellent um that I'd seen recommended on like various YouTube videos. Um, but the brand is called Kogendo and it's K O H and then G E N and then the last word is Do D D O. And um it's just like really like luscious luxe mm. foundation. It's kind of hard to find. What um, about SPF? Do you have to put SPF on, on top of it? I put SPF on uh like before I put my makeup on. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, um, but it's 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 expensive. It's like 70 bucks, but um, it lasts a really, really long time. You barely need any and you can Mm -hmm. like mix it with your moisturizer and stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. like it's just the best shit. Like the formula is so on. Can I see it? Will you just lift it up? Yeah, absolutely. And do you um, mix it with do you put it on your face with your fingers or with a thing with a little sponge? Um, I mix it with, uh, some really just like plain moisturizer and a little bit of, um, the Charlotte Tilbury product called Hollywood finish, which is like kind of like a weird syrupy glowy thing. And Mm. I just mix it all together. And then I usually put it on my face with my fingertips and then I use a sponge to like blend it in. Ooh, pretty. What's that Tilbury stuff? So Charlotte, that's another horny for it. It's, um, the brand is Charlotte Tilbury. And she makes this stuff called, uh, I think it's called Hollywood Finish or Hollywood Glow. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it it could be used as a foundation. It's somewhere between a foundation and a highlighter. And they make it in a few different shades based on your skin tone. And you can just add it to other makeup or you can use it as a highlighter or you can just wear it as foundation, whatever you choose. Um, but I just think it's like kind of a great catch-all product. And I would say probably one of my staples at this point. Sounds great. Yeah. I love stuff that makes you look glowy and dewy. I'm really into that look. Yes. So that I would, you should definitely get the Charlotte Tilbury. And then this one just again is Kogendo. I hope I'm saying that right. I have a feeling I'm not. And and how do you color match? Like you just hope that when you buy it online that you got the right color? No, I went, so I, I living near um, this like very cool old pharmacy called CG Bigelow in the West Village. And they have a bunch of like sort of like higher end makeup facial products and stuff and mm. they sell it there and they color match oh on amazing my yeah um but yeah i had seen people talk about it and i was like what is this i've never heard of it they don't carry it at sephora i was like where the hell do you get this thing and then i saw it finally at cg bigelow and i was like oh my god that's the that's the stuff and then i got a sample of it and i was like oh okay this is this is not just like expensive crap this is like a really really good product sounds amazing yeah so anyways Fab. Um, yeah. So that's that. And that is our episode. And we thank you guys for listening. And we love you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.